The circadian rhythm, also known as the body clock, is a natural internal clock that's always running. Swinging between alertness and sleepiness, it controls everything from our sleep cycles to our body temperatures to how well our immune system runs and varies based on gender. But as life in lockdown does everything it can to disrupt that finely tuned system by upending daily routines and light exposure, our performance suffers, it gets harder to think straight, and simply getting through the day becomes a challenge. Then there's the doom scrolling in the middle of the night. As your device beams those artificial blue lights into your face, it messes with your melatonin, the hormone that controls sleep-wake cycle. And we haven't even gotten to the long nights of COVID somnia or those strange, vivid quarantine dreams, like the one where COVID-19 shows up at your door in the form of a rock star and asks you how long you'd like to live. It happens. All these factors conspire to screw up our internal rhythm. Luckily, there's a fungus for that. Researchers are hopeful a synthetic form of medicinal mushrooms could one day reset our body clocks instantly. For now, reconnecting with our natural circadian rhythms can not only ramp up our body's defense system against infectious diseases, it could finally lead to a better night's sleep for everybody. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about how the latest study on body clock science examines why men and women sleep differently. Researchers say better understanding these circadian rhythms and disruptions to them can transform how we work, travel, and most importantly, sleep. Our second story is about the discovery of a compound found in medicinal fungus that can rapidly reset the body clock, offering new potential for night shift workers, jet lag sufferers, and anyone feeling out of whack. Research suggests drastically changing our internal rhythm can revolutionize our overall health. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, what the latest body clock science reveals about the key ways men and women sleep differently. What is the difference between how women sleep and how men sleep? Women's sleep is different because of their complex brain. Insomnia is more common among women than men. Great. The internal clock that controls the timing of sleep runs faster in women. When our clocks spring ahead, women suffer more from that than men. The new study suggests that women need 20 more minutes of sleep than men do each night. Biologically, who needs more sleep, men or women? Question is why? The circadian rhythm, also known as the body clock, keeps most living things in time with the passing of the 24-hour day-night cycle. Animals, plants, and microbes are all regulated by the system. But individual differences are becoming more and more apparent, especially when it comes to the differences in body clock experienced by males and females. In an article published September 2020 in the journal Science, researchers say it's time to put more resources into understanding this difference and the potential consequences it has on human health. Here to talk about the latest and how the body clock and disruptions to it affects our day-to-day life, including how we work, travel, and of course, sleep, is Inverse's Sarah Sloat. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tanya. How's it going? It's pretty good. Uh, I've been reading up on this whole body clock research, which we have talked about on the podcast before. What's key here is that we're learning more about how the body clock differs between males and females. Why is that so important for the next stage of research? Yeah. Sean Anderson, he's a postdoctoral fellow at the University of Pennsylvania, and he explained it to me as 
Understanding this difference allows us to determine whether medical interventions like drug treatments that target the body clock should differ between men and women. You know, there's an overall broader issue in biomedical research, which is that most experiments are conducted on male subjects, whether that's an animal model or not. And it's unclear whether those results translate exactly to females. And so while there's been some like really interesting research done in this area, Anderson and his co-author Garrett Fitzgerald, they argue that this subject, you know, what's the difference between male and female body clocks is understudy. So we did know a bit about the differences. So what are some of the ways a female clock runs differently to a male? Just to give us some examples. Yeah, so this perspective is basically an argument for more research. But the research that we have is pretty fascinating. In animals, for example, research conducted in mice found that the genes that govern the body clock act differently across the sexes and could even protect female mice from heart disease. And in humans, studies indicate that the circadian rhythms of melatonin and body temperature are set to an earlier hour in women compared to men. And this manifests as men having a body clock that is about six minutes longer than women. And while of course there are individual preferences to when you want to go to bed, this difference could explain why on average, most men are, quote, night owls, and most women are, quote, early birds. You know, a 2011 paper found that more than one in three women have body clocks that complete a daily cycle in less than 24 hours. I'm curious, is there any clear evolutionary understanding? Because here we have, like, the same species basically kind of running on two different clocks here. Are there any theories in terms of why that might be or how that ended up to be the case? Mm-hmm. I mean, this goes back to the idea that we just need more research because for now there's no clear understanding of the evolutionary reasons as to why men and women's body clocks aren't exactly the same. But that's to say, these authors argue that one possible reason for the earlier timing we see in women could be because This has helped them historically be more in sync with young children who are also morning types. But, you know, that 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 comes with the caveat of it's something that's still up for debate. But having said that, armed with this information, what can both sexes keep in mind in terms of how their sleep and and this circadian rhythm impacts all kinds of things from day to day stuff to overall livelihood? Yeah, I think that the takeaway of most sleep research is just how important it is to sleep, um, have good sleeping habits, and to respect your needs in regards to how they may fit in with the schedule that society puts in front of you. You know, like that that regular nine to five may not actually work for you when it comes to your body clock. And we know from research that overall men are more negatively affected by sleep deprivation. Women are more resilient to body clock disruptions. Those are challenges to a full night's rest, like travel across time zones or late night shift working. You know, women also appear to need 20 more minutes of sleep than men. They're also less likely to have energy at night, which can explain that while they can bounce back from shift work, they're also at an increased risk of work-related injuries. Scientists also wonder, because women are more likely to wake up earlier, does that perhaps make them more susceptible to insomnia? And so there's a lot of challenges that society poses to a sleep schedule that works naturally for you. But ultimately, this is all to say that please, please get eight hours of sleep and treat yourself to a little slumber. 
Yeah, I think we're all in search of that extra sleep. So (laughs) this is helpful information. Sarah, thank you so much. Of course. Happy to be here. New research says one compound found in medicinal mushrooms can rapidly reset someone's circadian rhythm. Up next, how one day a synthetic fungus could help fix a broken body clock. We've all had it. My advice is to just survive it. Jet lag sucks. Start getting up earlier. Calculate the time difference. Cover your eyes. Drink so much water. Staying up all day. Try to sleep. Plan your travel carefully. Or there's always fungus. A casual stroll through YouTube offers jet lag cures, tips, and precautions like the ones you just heard. But at the end of it all, the power of mushrooms rears its polka-dotted head yet again. In the wake of an epic pandemic, flying in a trapped large canister of germs probably isn't at the top of your to-do list. We get it. But when that first flight comes, it will come with another familiar challenge. Jet lag. You know the feeling. A quick primer from Dr. Andrew Lim and the Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Your internal biological clock becomes out of sync. It's uncomfortable. You feel tired. You can't sleep. Uh, You make lousy decisions. Uh, You're not productive. You're grouchy. Making matters worse, jet lag can take some time to shake off. However, a compound found in medicinal fungus can rapidly reset the body clock making the quick and drastic changes your body needs to fight jet lag possible. A May 2020 study in Science Translational Medicine says that the answer could lie in this medicinal mushroom previously known for delivering an animalistic sex drive. So there's that. The sexy mushroom goes by the name of cordycepin, and it may have the power to totally reset your jet lag clock, and quickly. An experiment on mice exposed to the synthetic mushroom drug and an eight-hour time change proved positive, suggesting that it can help reset our circadian rhythm otherwise known as the biological clock and the body clock, this basically controls our sleep and wake cycles, among other things. But this quick reset in the form of medicinal fungus could be a game changer for jet lag. But at the end of the day, how did a fungus pull this off? Here to help us understand yet another odd use for mushrooms and how this is all possible is Inverse's Emma Batwell. Hey, Emma, welcome back. Thanks. Hi, Tanya. So, you know, throughout our lives, we've learned and heard about the circadian rhythm. Most of us mostly get it. But um, would you mind a quick primer on what we're working with, what our body is working with? Sure. So when most of us think of the circadian rhythm, what we're thinking is sort of this master response that happens in the body. It's sort of a response to light and dark. So there's this area of the brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, and it's about 2000 nerve cells that sort of take input directly from your eyes. So that part of your brain, you're taking input from the sensitivity to light and it's governing things like your body temperature, your hormone release, which means it is governing when you feel tired or hungry or when you're at your most alert. So that's sort of the master clock. If you dive a little bit deeper, there are all of these sort of little fluctuations on like the tissue and cell level of genes that get turned on and off in response to signals from that master clock. So there are really millions of clocks inside your body, uh, but the one that we usually think of is the sort of master, um, the master clock. And that's actually what it's called, the one that's governed by this area of the brain. So this synthetic drug, cordycepin, you know, it's my understanding that it binds to an enzyme that influences something called clock genes. 
Can you help us better understand what's going on? How are these clock genes turning on and off as the body goes through these 24-hour cycles? Yeah. So I think it is sort of helpful to step back and just kind of look at the magnitude of the effects. So basically what happened was that these mice were exposed to an eight-hour time change. And I'm just going to talk about one direction of that time change. So you can imagine it would be like flying from New York to Abu Dhabi. And they were able to adjust to that time change significantly faster. Usually it would take them about 10 days to adjust. And these mice, it only took four. So basically they found that this comes down to the way that the active ingredient in cordyceps mushrooms binds to an enzyme in the brain. So it's also a synthetic um, version of this active ingredient. They're not like taking it from these mushrooms. They found that this sort of uh, synthetic ingredient binds to an enzyme. And what happens is it basically forces one crucial protein off of a structure called chromatin. So chromatin is basically a structure that condenses your DNA into these little packages, sort of like a zip file does for a bunch of images or videos or whatever. So a crucial protein gets kicked off of that chromatin. And once that protein leaves, other genes that are related to the circadian rhythm, like you talked about, are allowed to be transcribed freely. It sort of gives them the go-ahead. So the way of thinking about it is that cortisepin can unlock the ability to transcribe those genes. And basically what happens is that a new cycle of 24 hours begins. So that means that while your body may be, maybe you're in Abu Dhabi and your body is still in New York time, that unlocking is basically your body giving, sort of getting a reset so it can readjust to the cycle of light and dark that you're actually living in as opposed to the one that you have been living in. Wow. It's amazing how the body can just do that. Not to mention how perfectly that would come in handy if you have something like jet lag or work weird hours. Getting back to just the concept of jet lag or any situation that messes with our natural body rhythms, it can mess with your quality of life and general health. Other than just feeling weird, what else is there to think about health-wise? Yeah. So a lot of what we know about the importance of circadian rhythm comes from looking at studies in night shift workers. So when you look at people who are working, you know, all night and sleeping during the day, you see that oftentimes certain people end up with sort of these long-term health complications that they believe is a result of living basically perpetual darkness. So those include usually things like obesity, type 2 diabetes, compromised immune function, or cardiovascular disease amongst a host of others, depending on the study and the kind of work you're talking about. There is also some evidence that normal people experience some daily quality of life changes when you work against your circadian rhythm. So there was a paper that came out in 2018, I remember, um, that used Twitter data to try and figure out how far out of sync most Americans were living with their actual circadian rhythm. You know, if you're like staying up later than you should on the internet or waking up extremely early to get to work, something like that. And they found that the average American lived about 75 minutes out of sync with what their biological clock would otherwise tell them to do. So they call that phenomenon social jet lag. I mean, it, that's going to differ. It's just a very rough estimate based on Twitter data. But the idea being that you can be living sort of out of, you know, on a schedule that doesn't feel ideal to you. And that's not exactly abnormal. Again, those that can obviously benefit from this, you know, maybe night shift workers, travelers, the prospect of this coming in handy for, for people like this or anyone who just needs to reset their rhythm seems really game-changing, but far away in terms of anything concrete. You know, as, as great as it sounds to have this potential mushroom jet lag pill 
realistically, how far out is that? This is a really interesting one because it's a mouse study. So that means that it's really far away from being used in humans, at least as a drug. It, it could be many, many years away, if, if at all. There has to be lot, lots has to happen. Very rarely do you talk to a scientist and they use the word magic drug. Uh, one of the authors of this paper, he uh, sent me some email responses. So he used the phrase magic drug. I think that partially comes down to the fact that there is a lot of interest around this mushroom in particular and its effects, but I don't think that they are taking steps to test it in humans. You know, I don't think we're going to see this in, the, in humans in the near future, but there is a pretty passionate following for these mushrooms, especially in Asia. So I think that there's a lot of potential here and we're just sort of waiting to see how mainstream that potential gets. Yeah, things mushrooms can do. We actually have more on that at Inverse.com and more on Emma's piece as well. So make sure you head there. Emma, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Tanya. Head to Inverse.com to read more about the latest body clock science. You can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, Give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Look for The Abstract podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening. <laughs>